Tune in to the Tour of Utah podcast on 1280thezone.com. The podcast includes tips for how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the Tour of Utah in action. All right, the question of the morning. Now that the Utes are heavy favorites to win the South Division, how much fun will this season be for Ute fans? And you have said not much as it progresses because no one win is that important. you got to get seven or eight of them. So merely getting one of them just isn't that big a deal. No. Because you need a whole pile of them when you're all done. And that's a great position to be in. Getting the one that clinches is a big deal. It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no question Obviously, getting the one in the conference title game is a massive deal. If you get that far. But, but yeah, you've yeah. got to win so many games to get there. Yeah. Now, you said uh, you think they'll be 5-0 and when they play Washington. Well, I mean, that's the goal, obviously. Sure. It's the sixth conference game. You'd love to be 5-0 and in the Pac-12 when you play your sixth game. And obviously, Washington looms is the biggest game. They're not playing Oregon, so this is the other team with... That looks like the most difficult game on the right. schedule. But... It comes after USC, Washington State, and ASU. Those are three games. They're all important. They're they're all important, but they're three teams that they have struggled with for one reason or another. I mean, the other games along the way, I know you could mess up the Oregon State game, but it doesn't look tough. You could mess up the Cal game, but it doesn't look as tough. I wonder how many Utes fans really think. I think the Cal game is tough. I I, I, I disagree. It doesn't look as tough. It could be. I disagree. Because you think their defense will lock up the Utes, the Utes will lock up Cal, and it'll be close just by the nature of two excellent defenses are going to make it a low-scoring game. So by definition, it has Take to be Take a breath close. now. No. <laughs> I was trying to I – I want a sequel to Shooter's Shoot. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. Well, yeah, you summed it up exactly as to why I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. I think right now – it all can change. But right now, I think Cal is tougher than ASU. Yeah, and I can see why, but I can see right now why fans don't necessarily think that. I totally agree with you that it could easily turn out that way. You know, they could one game could be a three point game and one game could be a fourteen point game. Right, sure. I mean, I totally get that. Cal's defense was sensational. Awesome, and they should be. They were playing 10, right 7, again, 12, 10, 15, 14 games. I mean, in, in college football, is just unheard of. They're low-scoring games for the pros, but they're freakishly low-scoring for college when you look what they did last it's year. It's going to be a challenge to beat Cal. I expect you to beat them, but it's not going to be a yeah. pushover. And that's where the whole schedule, missing games, easy games, hard games. Oh, thank goodness they missed Stanford and Oregon. Those are going to be two really good teams. Well, eight years into the league, they got a better record against Stanford than they have against Which Cal. is why I never got caught up in that. Because you don't know how those games are going to play out. I also don't stress that much about Utah's road, when, when they're on the road and when they're at home, because their home road record isn't really all that different most years. Agreed. There is very few distinct home advantages in this conference. I'd say Oregon. Good, good team, raucous crowd. That combo gives you a great home run. Based on my experience, yeah. I've been to Washington multiple times. It's decent, but it's not overwhelming. You worry more about the weather there than the actual crowd. Um, but Oregon seems to consistently seems like they're right have on top the best of crowd. Not having been in either state of myself, and you've been in both of them, yes. 
it seems like in Oregon on TV, it looks like the crowd is right on top of the field at Oregon. So you just hear it and the energy and and they and, okay. and they're explosive and they get the, you know they score in a big play and the crowd gets going. Washington, it seems like the stands aren't as steep. It seems like they're well, set they're, back more from the bigger, field. And it, so Oregon is a smaller stadium, and it's usually packed. And it's the only show in town. It's the best show in state. Yeah. As far as football goes, you got the Trailblazers, obviously, up the road. Uh, but, you know, that's up the road, and it is uh, basketball season barely getting started, if it started at all. So, yeah, I would say Oregon has the best home field. The rest of them, hmm. Now, the Ro- it, I'm the talking Rose advantage. Bowl's, the Rose Bowl's rarely full. Oh, yeah. geez, you can spread yeah. out big time. Yeah. Stanford, last year, my <laughs> wife went to that game. And <laughs> I know where you're going. We yes. had some friends there that came with us. Uh, and hardcore Ute fans. So, see Utes, I do have friends who are Ute fans. And I'm just, before the game, I'm, I got my binoculars. I was taking my binoculars to the game. And I'm just looking around. And I found exactly where they were sitting. And there was, their legs were over the row in front of them. There's nobody around them. Stanford has a crappy home field. Utah has a great atmosphere, but they haven't won dominantly at home. So I agree with you. I don't really care where the game is played. I just wonder how many Ute fans think they're going to be five and zero because this just adds to it. Maybe we should throw in. Are you afraid they're going to be three and two? They're going to have three to, and two. They're going to have to win that game. Oh my! God. F- if they're three and two going in that game, which means that they would be not favored, and they're looking at three and three. That would be a huge game. Heads it? roll. <laughs> Heads roll. <laughs> Got to come up with a big win. Get yourself to seven two. Seven and two ought to win the division. Okay. But yeah, they but if you're three win. and two going into that game, now you come out of that game four and two, and you win the division at seven and two. Yeah, you're right. But if you're three and two going into that game, yeah. I'm not picking you to win that game. I get that. Unless get Washington that. has really tripped over themselves. So if you go into November three and three, and all Ugh. of a sudden it's a four team race Ugh. over the last month of the season, serious pressure on all those games. Holy freak! As opposed to your five and five and zero going in, you're either five and one or six and zero coming out. You might have a couple game buffer for those last three. Six and zero, you, you've almost to the point yeah. clinched it ha- without having done it mathematically. And you are a top five team, and you, you are might be nine and zero. Yeah, you should. If you're <laughs> yeah. five and zero, you're nine and zero. Wait, five and zero, you're eight and zero. But I get your no. Point. Because uh, one of those teams will just roll over and forfeit. Oh, really? Don't That'll have, lead to less singing Don't in have the me do room. math. I got going, and yeah, the next thing I know, I screwed it up. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody's perfect. Uh, so, if you're 8-0, and zero, well, wait, wait. Well, I, was, I was counting the Washington win. Washington would make them 9-0. and oh if That's what I was game. counting on. Right. So, that's what I meant. So, if you come out of that game 9-0... and zero, you are top five in the country. You are right there in the mix for the playoff. Oh, yeah. Herb Street and all these dudes, uh, what's a Are the glowing ball, about Kyle Whittingham. The, the bald dude, they do anyway. But, yeah, even more so. The, uh, bon, I, fine, don't know. Fine I, I don't know if Feinbaum will be glowing, though. Yes. You're not in the SEC. 
But he'll, he might he'll say have something. To. He'll have to. He might say something. You know, fine. But they didn't play a good non-conference schedule, and he'll dismiss it. He doesn't. He doesn't go about. Yeah, but Pac-12 neither does teams. Alabama. It doesn't matter. He's an SEC country, and he's an SEC guy. Yeah, but you got let... his national platform. Okay, then let's say the other big dogs in the twelve and ten conferences already have a loss. You follow me? Yeah, he would acknowledge that they're good, but he wouldn't glow. Herb Street would glow. Herb Street what? Herb Street kind of likes Utah, follows it as much as he follows anybody on this side he's, of the oh, country. He's fine. Right, yeah. He'll give you your due. If you if you earn I, I your agree. due, he'll give yeah. it to you. I mean, I think he lives and breathes Big Ten stuff. He knows it forwards and backwards. I don't know that he knows the Pac-12 forwards and backwards, but he's still paying attention. He's still following it. He knows plenty. Yeah, I agree. And so you'll you'll be in the hardcore discussion, and at that point they will have had one, if not two, polls out. If yeah. they're nine and zero, we got them nine and zero. You know they're going to win their first game. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I radio. Just, <laughs> I just really, I, I'm curious if the Utah fan base, for all the the pressure and the worry, because you got to get back to it. Once you've been to the Pac-12 title game and you have so many players coming back. You got to get back to the Pac-12 and you're title overwhelming. Game. You are the overwhelming favorite, but even if you weren't, you'd still have to get back there. And so I, I get the there's this uh, pressure, this a little bit. How much are you going to spend enjoying the wins, and how much are you going to spend worrying about this eventual outcome in December? But I don't know how many U fans will sign off on them being f- winning the first five conference games. Really? Be- yeah, because it's got three teams in there who should all be. Decent to good, and you're right about Cal. Uh, yeah, decent to good, but you're expected to be great. I agree with you. Decent, seven wins. Okay, but but six. Washington State, you picked them to win the North. You think they're going to be very good, but I think I even the people who picked Washington State fourth, and it set Leach off at Pac-12 Media Day. I mean, he mentioned it multiple times. Set me off. Yeah, which isn't hard to do. But there are still people who think, yeah, we picked you fourth, but we think you're going to win eight or nine games, and we don't think you're going to be terrible. Fourth in the North is way better than fourth in the South. If Washington State were in the South, they'd be picked first or second. Second. Okay. Not by you. You'd pick him first. You totally believe in Leach. And he's in got the, a great in the South. He's no, won, I'd pick Utah. He's won four straight against the Utes over six years because he didn't play for a couple of them. But they've won. It's been seven years since the Utes have beaten him. Now, they may not beat them, but I would still pick the Utes. The Utes deserve overwhelmingly to be picked yeah. based on the criteria you use for preseason polls. They are the runaway pick, so I completely am on board and endorse it 100%. Now, they got to go do it, but the fact that they have been picked that way, it's, it's, it's a position that they've absolutely earned. It, mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's the position that they've earned. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough game, but I'm still expecting the Utes to win that game. If you're for real, you've got to, you're not going to have eight games where you're just going to just show up and kick the crap out at everybody. Right. So I get it's you, and I get why you think that they'll be five and zero. Oh, but I think there's a a lot of you fans out there. Like, oh, we'll be four and one going to Washington. I don't know we'll, that they'll be five and zero. Oh. I, I I think they have an op- great opportunity to be five and zero. Oh. I can't say for sure. Oh man, they're I, I think going some, to be five and zero. Some you fans, if we put a poll up, some you fans will pick three and two. Cougar fans. Three and two a is lot completely one hundred percent unacceptable. Right, but it goes to your point that three you, and two. You expect to win, but it doesn't mean you automatically will, and that's what you're sweating. That stuff will go wrong. Right, I get it. Yeah, 
I understand that. If you're, if you're, that's what I'm saying. You fan, yeah. this isn't about. This is more pain than pleasure right. this year. And, the, and that's the what people, that's my whole premise. And the people agree with you. You're like, I am very worried about three and two. It would be a major disappointment, and yeah. it could happen. Look but, at the teams it, they're playing. It can happen. It must e- not happen. You know, Benjamin might run for 200 yards. You know, Benjamin, if he exactly. only runs for 200, they ain't winning that game. <laughs> He's got to run for three. <laughs> I was thinking two and a half. Oh, okay. Realistically, looking at their offense, I'm blanking on the name of the Ute running back. Who was it who dropped the 330 at the Rose Bowl in UCLA? I can see him clear as day. Joseph Williams. Joe Williams. Joe Williams. Thank you. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. He's got to go. He's got to go. Joe Williams on the Utes. No. <laughs> Joe's just like. What are we doing? Like oh, I don't know. Let's go. No. Eh, we're doing 45. No, Why don't no, I just no, take no, it to no. the he's house? Not, he's not running for 336 <laughs> yards like that. I mean, that was a joke beyond I know. jokes. It was. But <laughs> I think that no in order for. The Devils to win that game, Eno Benjamin is going to have to have a massive game, and probably for him to win most games or them to win most games, he's going to have a, have to have a massive game. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but the, the, if the that's darn near worst case scenario, they go into the Washington game I would agree three that. and two. That would be it. Really, would be worst case scenario. I really can't picture him at two and three going into that game. So I would agree, three and two is worst case scenario. And that would be a major flop. Sure. Because they go they go in that game 3-2, they're coming out 3-3. Probably, yeah. I'd agree, probably. Because Washington does look like the toughest game on the schedule right now. And All the winning, preseason polls make it look like the toughest game on the schedule I guess right if you were 3-3 and then you won your final three and you won the division and you won the conference, so you're going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, but nobody thinks they're going to win the conference at 6-3. Six and three teams don't usually win the Pac-12 title game. Maybe I can go back and find one that did it, but I don't think I can. I don't think a six and three team is one. I, th- I think multiple six and three but teams you can win the division. have been in the I, title I, game. I agree with you that if they're six and three, then they're basically the same thing as last year. Right. And so they're really their offense most likely is probably any their offense wasn't good enough, and, and right. it's the same old crap. Maybe it could be different. I mean, maybe they yeah. lost games because. I know, I'm reaching for maybe. But they lost games because Huntley was out in the midseason or Zach is out in the midseason or they both were yeah, and now they're back. The, yeah, Because they didn't have either one in the conference title game last year. But that has nothing to do with their defense. Those guys don't play defense. So if they lose these guys, heaven forbid, knock on wood, throw salt <laughs> over my shoulder, if they were to lose these guys this year, then Jalen Johnson and that crew better find ways to score. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, got a Sports Jeopardy, a Utah edition with camp opening tomorrow. What do you know about the Utes? We will get to that. Next, we'll see if anyone can dethrone our champion, Jake. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Former Utah forward Donnie Tillman has committed to play at UNLV per multiple reports. Utah Jazz reportedly has signed for Juwan Morgan to an Exhibit 10 contract. Alabama and Wisconsin have announced they'll play a home-and-home football series in 2024 and 2025 in Wisconsin first and then the return game in Alabama in 2025. Major League Baseball, David Dahl homer Colorado Rockies pummeled the Dodgers 9-1. John Gray gets his 10th win. National beat Nationals beat the Braves 6-3 as Anthony Rendon hits a grand slam in the win. And the Salt Lake Bees open a series against the Oklahoma City Dodgers tonight, 7 o'clock at Smith's Ballpark. Get your tickets at SLBs.com or listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. 
Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. It's National Carpet Cleaning Month, and the best way to celebrate is with a free room cleaned by Zero Res. Call today. Page is $33 per room clean, and your fourth room will be free. Call Zero Res for details at 801 288 9376. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Fox. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Think you know sports? All right, smart guy. Time to put that knowledge to the test. It's time for another edition of Sports Jeopardy with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in our defending champion, Jake. Jake, good morning. Morning, guys. And our challenger, Matt. Matt, how are you? Good. Matt, are you a Ute or a Cougar? So I grew up grew up rooting for the Cougars, um, but let's just say recent. I did not. I did not grow up in Utah, so I don't have a uh, a fierce. And I didn't. And I didn't go to BYU as as a student, so I don't have a. There's nothing tying me to them. Okay. So you, what you're saying is you want to go to Utah because you're a front runner and they're winning. So you're correct. Gonna... <laughs> there it is. Let's just cut to the chase. Yeah, I got it. All right, California. Uh, no, Boston. Boston. Uh, yeah, Boston. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust those people from Boston. This is so, Jersey front runners. This, DK, right? Yeah. There you go. This is his. Uh, this, is, this is Jersey background right here. It's uh, all, all the New York teams. All right, and uh, Jake, you're a Ute or a Cougar? Utah grad, but a BYU Cougar. Couldn't get into school there, so I went to the easier. Uh, oh, oh, nice. oh, wait a second. You're downgrading your own diploma? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm loyal to my Cougs. Now, when you say you couldn't get in, was that more academic or personal? Both, all of the above. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but I am a Utah grad, but a BYU Cougar. Graduation, I pulled out my Y shirt. Oh, wow. You want to be popular. Oh, yeah. Well, we asked because today, with camp opening tomorrow, we have a Utah edition of Sports Jeopardy. It'll be a BYU edition on Thursday. And we wondered, uh, you know, who might have the inside track here, you know, if they'd obsessed about the team their whole life. But it sounds like neither one of you obsessed about the team your whole life. So it'll be, uh, it'll be an even battleground right here. Jake, you're the champ. You go first. Question number one. This Utah defensive line coach played in the National Football League. Five, four, three, two, one. Who is Sione Puha? Boom! Uh, there it is, right out of the able gate. To look huh? that up in only five seconds. Matt! <laughs> Matt, question yep. two. This Utah defensive back ran an interception back 100 yards for a touchdown at Stanford and is expected to be a lockdown defender for the Utes this year. Five, four, Jalen Johnson. three, 
Who is Jalen Johnson? Yeah, we would prefer who is and pretend like we're actually playing. And an NFL draft pick. Waiting to happen. You can feel it. Defending champ, Jake. Question three. These three Utah football players all played together at Hallandale High School in Florida. Five, four, three, two, one. Zach Moss. Um, shoot, the quarterback had just slipped my mind. And uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to skip this one. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is your chance to steal right here, Matt. Pick up a point. Can you name five, the three Utah football four, players who played together at Hallandale High in Florida? Two, five. Uh, no. Four. <laughs> three, <laughs> <two>. <laughs> Just throwing the towel. That's a white towel. <laughs> Put it in the ring. This fight's over. At least say Moss and that quarterback. We didn't know. I, I thought people would get that. I mean, Simpkins is the other one, the receiver. Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, and Damari Simpkins. There have been some stories. Stories told, written, talked about them on the radio. Thought we might get that. All right, Matt, question four. Kyle Whittingham has had this number of 10-win seasons as the Utes head coach. Five, four, three, two, one. What is eight? Ooh. Jake. Five, four, three, two, one. What is four? Nice. Uh, that, I believe, was looked up. <laughs> that was a guess. Well, you nailed it. It's actually, there's four 10-win seasons and four 9-win seasons. Eight wasn't as crazy a guess as you'd think, but it was wrong. All right, well, you're now in the lead, 2-1 uh, to one here, Jake, our defending champ. Uh, question five, Zach Moss is less than 600 yards short of the school rushing record held by this former U. Five, four, three, two, one. Who is Jamal Anderson? No. Matt, for your Sports Jeopardy lifeline, here it is to tie it up 2-2 and force a bonus round. Five, four, three, two, one. Who's Eddie Johnson? Boom, it's 2-2. EJ. Wow, nice. All right, Matt, to dethrone our challenger, Jake, we got one tiebreaker question here. This Utah assistant coach is a former Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. Five, four, three, two, one. Who's Sione Puha? No. Jake, our defending champ for the win. Five, four, three, two, one. Who is Morgan Scally? Ding, ding, ding. There it is. He needed the tiebreaker, but the champ lives to fight another day. (laughs) Jake edges Matt. Guys, that was a good game of Sports Jeopardy right there. Matt, stay on the line. we got fabulous parting gifts for you. And Jake, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. You can start memorizing everything about the Cougars because that's going to be the topic. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Jake. All right, 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone, Sports Jeopardy, Tuesdays and Thursdays with DJ and PK. You stumped them, PK. On? Moss, Huntley, Simpkins, the Hallandale Trio. I thought Simpkins might be a little more difficult because he hasn't had the publicity. Right. And Zach Moss. I love that kid. I love Zach Moss. I love talking to him. I love what he's about. I love what he stands for. I love what his purpose in coming out to Utah is. They should hold him up, man, as the example of what you can do. You're out there in Florida and you ever thought about Utah. And we joked with him on uh, train uh, at Media Day last week about coming out here 
and just putting your nose down the grindstone and do what you're supposed to do. And he's going to walk out of here as statistically the best running back that they've ever had. And and Huntley, for that matter, you know, the quarterback. And Simpkins hasn't gotten the run because he hasn't had the production that the other two want. You're a quarterback, and then you end up getting the leading rusher. So it's way cool. It's, 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 it's a big-time success story. Sometimes you see these stories and kids fall by the wayside. These two, you know, these three, none of them have fallen by the wayside. I think they've all graduated. In an era when a lot of guys transfer. Yeah. And, and especially so the guys who home. travel a long way. I mean, yeah, anybody yeah. can transfer. Florida to Utah. Right. And it's a stretch. Yeah. And now they got more kids from Florida. So I think there are, you know, that your whole thing is that they should hold Zach up as an example. And I think they have. And I think people have... Have followed it. Just looking at the uh, the roster, doing getting the answers for some of these questions and double checking and everything. Uh, I think they got three wide receivers from Florida right now on the roster this year. Simpkins, one of them. So other kids are following. Yeah, that's what I I I I want to see that story be out there. I, I've had enough of the story. Uh, the the African American kid who's had to trip over twenty bodies and going to school and dodging bullets. I mean, those are out there, and I get it, and they're sensational in terms of content. But I also like the story of the kid of Zach Moss who came out here to run the football and go to school, get out of his comfort zone, and challenge himself, succeeded yeah. at the highest levels possible, and got a degree. And he kept his nose clean. He's been a great kid for the program and tough, hard-nosed football player. Those types of stories. Sometimes I don't think those stories get enough run. They're not sensational. I get that. I'm in that news business, too. I understand that. But I think those are stories that when you're around these kids and you see them succeed and seeing young people succeed is something that's dear to my heart. And going to Pac-12 Media Day where they bring in the finest of kids I find myself being fans. This running back for UCLA, Josh uh, Kelly. I mean, I literally wanted to hug him when he was done talking. <laughs> really? Yes. Because he kept thanking you for having us, having him on and seemed so appreciative and was smiling and was happy and, and just grateful for the entire experience. Like, it was beyond his dreams. This is a kid who went, uh, he walked on at UC Davis. And then transferred. And then last year, ran for over 1,000 yards. Had to sit out. Ran for over 1,000 yards. So he believed in himself. And to experience all that he's experiencing, he's just was so happy. And you're, you're looking at this kid and you're thinking, this is what it's all about, man. I know we get caught up in the wins and losses and blah, 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 blah. But to see this kid flourish and have such success and be so appreciative and thankful for it, it was, it's just, it really, I, I'm getting hokey here, but it really warms my heart to talk to these young people. I mean, the Stanford guys are always off the charts. That's just a given. Don't undersell your own ASU guy. I thought Benjamin was really impressive. And I, I you know, I'd heard that uh, Kyle wanted to recruit him. Well, they did. Right. And, uh, well, I mean, he did recruit him. He wanted to land him. And, man, yeah. you hear that interview and haven't seen him play, you know, just you only had to watch him play against the Utes. You didn't have to watch ASU all year long. Uh, obviously, he's good on the field, and then you hear him off the field. And you just yeah, think. he was more of a high-level recruit, though. <laughs> and so he's a success story, too. But it was almost like it was expected. And this Kelly kid had to go to Davis. And 
That's that's the road less traveled, and I get that. But just because you're a good athlete doesn't mean, you know, that you're going to carry yourself off the field. I I mean, there's all kinds of troubled, you know, stories out there and all that. And Benjamin, just like, well, you you went off the field and you went on the field. For sure. Yeah. So... And interacting, it's it's tough. I think we take it for granted. We look at them as athletes, and they look like grown men because they're six two and they're two twenty or whatever. Um, but then, you know, as, as my kids get to that age, I'm thinking, wow. So we're going to put them on live radio with these people they don't know. How's that going to go? <laughs> and you think, wow. Well, that that went pretty well. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's not a given. You think that's you're you're, you're taking people way out of their comfort zone. And then ask him to do something at a high level while people, you know, make snap judgments about him. Historically, when we've, we've gone down there every year, the only bad kids are from Arizona. See what you're doing there. Bad, bad people. Really? Yeah. Right. Don't represent the school well. Don't represent themselves well. The state of Arizona, which is near <laughs> me. Yes. <laughs> really embarrass the conference. I, I would try to Why find you guys a way. Why league? Yeah, exactly. I would try to find a way to push them out. You've never been big on that whole soccer relegation thing, but if it got Arizona out of Pac-12 football, you'd be okay with it. I think there'd be a nice rivalry between them at opposite ends of the state, between NAU and the U of A. (laughs) They're not just going to drop down to the Mountain West. They're going to fall through that. Right. Down to the third division, as they say in soccer. Right, (laughs) right. So, yeah, so you have the northern end of the state and the southern southern end of the state. It's a natural. The north versus the south. That's how you use that word little so demeaning. It'd be a nice little rivalry. I think it would be great. Yeah. And then you, when you go north or south, you just take a wide turn so you don't go through the, you know, the heart of the valley. You get out on the outskirts um, past South Mountain and come back around and then hit I-10 that way. Do not drive through our city. Right. I don't want to see you people within 20 miles of our Particularly of if you're our coming stadium. north. If you're coming south, well, I, I'd have more of a degree of allowance. All right, DJ and PK. Coming up, Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice for the Cougars. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Join Scotty and Hans Friday from noon to 3 at the Mountainland Valley View Pro-Am at Valley View Golf Course, 2501 East Gentile Street in Layton. See Utah's best pros in action by joining Scotty and Hans Friday from noon to 3 at the Valley View Golf Course. Discussing the Utes and the expectation of the fan base this year. Now that the Utes are heavy favorites to win the South, how much fun will the season be for Ute fans? If you're a Ute fan, would you rather have them be an underdog? Or would you have rather have them be the heavy favorite? Because to me, this is what you've worked for year after year to get to this point. And you've arrived. Now you got to cash in. But you've arrived with all the preseason hype. And this is what it's about. This is exactly what you want. Now you've okay, got to so, fall through. So what does this compare to in sports? Because I thought watching the Warriors um, – the reason Steve Kerr and, and, and Kevin Durant kind of bashed him for this at a press conference, but Steve Kerr was always, hey, remember the joy in basketball. Remember the joy. They were such overwhelming favorites. 
it really wasn't that fun. I mean, it's great to win the championship, that moment you hold it, well, but that's, that's the that's extreme example of you're an overwhelming favorite and the journey isn't that enjoyable. Well, it is. It doesn't have to be enjoyable. There's a certain sense of satisfaction you get from workmanlike production. That's the joy. Yeah, uh, to a degree, I it's get the, that. It's the jazz of 97, 98. Right. It's about so, this is the mission here. So the Warriors, when they won their first title, were not overwhelming favorites. And it was great and it was exciting. And I think they both enjoyed the journey and the end product. This year, man, they really labored through it. Now they really, you know, they just got crushed by injuries there at the end. That was horrible. Uh, but is that really the way you want it to go? I mean, you want to be, I, don't, I wouldn't want my team to be a total dark horse with no expectations. The expectations are kind of the fun of it. Now, to your point, the overwhelming expectations at some point might take some of the fun out of it. Like, yeah, you're supposed to win, so what? You won. There's really nothing to gain here. But that's the measure of satisfaction that you were supposed to do this and you worked to the point where you got yourself in the position of supposed to do it and then you did it. See, the joy is the journey isn't necessarily beating Oregon State. And that's an extreme example. The joy is in January, three years ago, these freshmen worked for this right in the weight room True. academically all kept their noses clean off the right. field all this stuff mm-hmm. so here's the plan this is the plan for success it's just like going to college uh you i didn't necessarily enjoy going to school but you enjoyed having the degree and knowing you finished it. I yes the process that i went through the sacrifice for me which was literally financial because my parents did not pay one cent I paid it all. All of that is then when I go to get a job, I tell these people, here's what I did. Now, I've got no experience for this job, relatively speaking, but here's what I've done. And I grinded it out for five years while holding a job working 30 hours a week for four of those five years. So you hire me. I'm a proven commodity in terms of work ethic. And... I've had plenty of people tell me you're not good enough, but I'm. That's your opinion. I've had people in this town tell me I wasn't good enough. You want their names at the <laughs> newspaper and the radio, but and ne- they've told they look me right in the face. But never at Channel Two, isn't that amazing? No, I have not. No, because <laughs> I'm a blowhard pop off at Channel Two. <laughs> uh, but they've looked at me and said you're not good enough, and. I'm, my thought was, well, I'll show you, and I'm going to give you a work ethic, which is going to just overwhelm you, and I've continued to do that. I'm a, my, I am a shadow of my father, who worked two jobs as a janitor my whole freaking life until he was 80 years old, and that's what these kids, there's satisfaction there. Now, when I was doing that job, there wasn't always fun. This job is just off the charts fun. They can have satisfaction and joy in that accomplishment. That's what it'll be. And then when they get to that point and they win the South, then you dance. And then when you win the conference title and you go to the Rose Bowl, well, then you dance tremendously and you dance the whole night. And since the Rose Bowl isn't for three weeks, you dance a whole week. That's where the, that's where the joy is going to be found in this team. 
and that's a great spot to be in. Utah basketball did it for years. I was there for years with them. The joy wasn't necessarily in any individual games. Okay, but that's a good example because you're right, it wasn't. And we knew as that built towards that Final Four team that they were really good. But there were still big games along the sure. way that mattered in and of themselves. And they, they the, the enjoyed BYU the thing, moment of those yeah. big games, but they didn't go nuts. The BYU thing got taken away from them because the Cougar program crashed right then. There was a brief overlap where they were both good. You know, early on, but well, Keith Van Horn had the famous "What happened?" Yeah. <laughs> they were good. He was a freshman. They were good. He was a senior. They were terrible. What Van Horn's sophomore year, they go down to Provo. They win, and then right underneath the stands, there's that little area in the uh-huh. locker room is to the right. And I can remember walking there, and they're all jumping up and down. Right, it's a big win. Big win. See, and I think that that still exists for the Utah. But they didn't team. do that as seniors. They went down well, to yeah, TCU. But they, were, but they were terrible. As well, okay, but TCU had. Uh, I think his name was Lee Nalen. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was and, a good player. And it was a real tight game. And TCU had a good basketball program at that time. I think Tubbs was the coach. Mm-hmm. And so the place yeah, a bunch was... bunch of 21 seasons. The bu- yeah. place was sold out. Yeah. And it was a hard-fought game. And they walked out of there... Was there was very little celebrating, but the measure of satisfaction. We went on the road in front of a sold out arena, and it was the biggest thing on their campus at the time. And we got it done. And we got it. They didn't jump up and down. Okay, but so, you, they had a measure of satisfaction that was in them that you could see. And I don't care so much about the jumping up and down, but that measure of satisfaction. If Utah goes to the Coliseum and beats the Trojans, they should have that. If they beat well, they Washington will. State they will. The next week, they yeah. should have that. Yes, they will. I think that maybe to a lesser degree, but the Cal and ASU games could present that. Let's see how their seasons go. Oh, I think they will because those but are there, big conference games. But That's there, what I'm saying. But there are some other games where I really do think that the the pressure of you're supposed to do it, there's less joy. One. Oregon State. That's it. Eh, and you can argue Colorado. Colorado. But Colorado use, will be UCLA, at the end of the season. And Colorado. Colorado, and the Arizona, Los UCLA. Angeles game will be... Well, let's see how their season goes. In, but that, that could be a clincher. Oh, the clincher doesn't matter who you're playing. The day you clinch. So those have those opportunities. Clincher, and right. that the... The Washington game, obviously. That's a huge game. Uh, I, I see... That, but that's different. I see at least That's three. your biggest win. I see at you least three big games on the schedule in the conference uh, season. I see nine. <laughs> right. But I think there are three that in the moment, in and of themselves, you should really enjoy them if you get them. They're hard to get. Briefly. Well, yeah, you got to get ready for the next week. I mean, you're always... You're yeah, but not in the, the prior office. years. They beat Stanford here when they were 5-7, and seven and Stanford was top five. That was better. They went nuts. Yeah, and there won't be that. Kyle came up to me that yeah. game and shook my hand. He's not shaking my hand. That was a different time in the program. They any, were tr- they were any wins to, They were year. trying to convince themselves they, you know, that they could belong and compete in the league. Right? That was a team that missed a bowl game. I know. They had those two years out of the first three they missed. Yes. so And they're not going to have that. They'll have measures of satisfaction. But I'm telling you, Kai's going to say, boys, this is nice. But this is just one. Let, I, I know his speech. I could practically okay. stand up in the locker I, room and give it for him. Yeah, and I believe you. I believe you. And I don't think you're the only media member who could do it. Because Nor do he's I. been really consistent yes, with it. I think you but could I do think it, too. But I think in a private moment, if they are 2-0 and in conference and 5-0 and overall, the level, his level of satisfaction and his level of expectation is going to take a big jump. I don't think so. Really? No. 
Because there's a level of no matter what you think you have now, and he thinks he has a pretty good team now. He's not going to say it, but in 2008, oh, no, he's, he's he, okay to say it. Okay, but maybe not. As well, he'll fully follow as he'd with like a caution. To. Right? Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like in 08, he thought he had a really good team. I don't think he knew he had an undefeated team. There were some games they had to win along the way, and man, Oregon State and TCU, and they barely pulled those April things off. April of 2008 is when he told me. We have a really good opportunity here. He, and he yep. opened my eyes. Yes. I was not expecting him to be that confident, but he was that confident. And yes. He, and he listed, like, a, if ABC happens, right. we'll be, and they were awesome. They were just absolutely awesome. Yeah. I think they were the best team this program has ever right. had. And there, I think he probably has this if ABC happens thought now. You know, but, the, the old line's got to come together. smaller ifs. The old line's got to come together. The, the, the place kicking That's it. is a concern. And health. Because Health is a concern, and I would put the big plays out of the passing game. They don't have to throw it a lot, but they have to make some big plays. They just have to make some first downs in the passing game. Hmm. All right, so I think he's got some of those. And if they get to 5-0 and 2-0, and then those questions are being answered positively, and he's got a higher level of confidence. Yeah, but now, they, they, but they, you can argue they've accomplished nothing at 5-0, and 2-0. and Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing relative I, to their nothing's expectations. Nothing's done because you theoretically could still go 5-7, and seven, and I get that, but deep down he'll know what he has. He's been around football his whole life, and if he watches this team play at a high level and win five straight games open the season— And one shot know. to Zach Moss could change it all in a heartbeat. It's not over. You're right. It's not over. Colorado was 5-0 and o last year and finished 5-7. and seven. Yeah, it's true. Now, it's, it's not the same team by any stretch. Exactly. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.